Be confident. Be bold. Be authentic. But don't forget to take action. This is Ordinary to Badass, where our stories empower women to step into the spotlight of their own lives and pursue what they're truly passionate about. It's time to step into the arena and become more than just extraordinary. It's time to become a badass with your host, Marie Sonneman. Dr. Alexandra Swenson Ridley is a thought leader in outside the box and natural approaches to women's health and hormones, focusing on what she has termed as selfless syndrome. After suffering her own health challenges that resulted from focusing on everyone and everything but herself, her work turned towards helping other driven women navigate the world of fatigue, thyroid issues, anxiety and depression, difficulty losing weight, gut health, and more with the use of medications. In this episode, we talk about how women have selfless syndrome, always doing everything for everyone else, and how to combat that, the idea of be, do, and have, and also just stress and the effects that it has on our bodies. Right now, holiday season, perfect time to learn about stress, the effects that it has on our bodies, and how we can combat that. Now is the time. I know that during the holidays it feels hard. You got to do Christmas shopping, get everything for everyone else. But now more than ever, take time for yourself. So before we get into this episode, uh, have you signed up for the Financial Freedom Summit yet? You can sign up at OrdinaryToBadass.com slash freedom. There's going to be nine amazing experts who are going to talk about different financial topics. And it is going to be so amazing. We have Lisa Cosentino, who's a CPA and business advisor, Marissa Nielsen, who's a CFO of an eight-figure financial firm, and she's a total badass. There are so many great experts, so make sure, sign up today, ordinarytobadass.com slash freedom. Now, let's get to the episode. Welcome to Ordinary to Badass. Whether you're ordinary or badass, I'm so glad you're here. Today's guest is Dr. Alex Swenson Ridley. Dr. Alex, thank you so much for being here. Excited to have you on the show. Thanks for having me. I'm excited too. So before we go any further, I've got to ask you, do you consider yourself ordinary or badass? I'm totally badass. (laughs) I like to think so anyways. (laughs) I love when people just own it. So have you always felt like a badass? No, <laughs> not, not at all. Was there a specific instance that happened that made you feel like a badass or was it kind of a series of events over time? I think it's been a series of events over time. Um, and a lot of it tied to my entrepreneurial journey where I was very challenged to do things like grow a backbone and, you know, make decisions for myself and not for everybody else, which is part of what I'll share with you guys today. But so what was one thing that happened that helped you to feel mm-hmm. badass? I think the biggest thing, so, you know, there's, it depends on how we look at badassery, I think, you know, because there's like the status that comes along with being a badass and 
Um, so just to introduce myself, I'm a retired chiropractor and now I work specifically with women on really helping to, we could just call it like engage with that inner badass and heal their body, you know, get, and a lot of that has to do with if we've been making concessions or not standing up for ourselves, not prioritizing ourselves. That's, that's a lot of the work I do these days. And so my, how I got into that is because my own journey led me down that. So I, I started a chiropractic business when my son was six weeks old, I was 29 and the thing grew really fast. You know, we hit seven figures within five years, but I was completely not in control of it. And so I think the thing that really very first, I mean, it made me feel like a badass when I bought a 6,000 square foot building. That was also a decision that I should not have made um, and knew it in my gut. And so, you know, really stepping into that and owning it was recognizing what I needed and being willing and having the courage to actually make changes. So I don't have that business any longer. And, you know, my journey out of that was a bit convoluted, but ultimately I, I look at it as, you know, being willing to show up and say what we need and build a life around what serves us best. So you mentioned like saying how the business was completely out of your control. Can you tell us about that? <laughs> so, you know, obviously you don't unintentionally build a seven figure business, but that also was never my goal. And so I, I very quickly built a, a big team. So, you know, you can look at total revenue and be like, oh, you were, you know, grossing seven figures, but our overhead is almost that high as well. And so I made a lot of decisions in business around you know, what my staff wanted or what my patients needed or, and, and very little of it was what I actually wanted my quality of life to look like, if that makes sense. So, so. what are you doing now and what led you to make the change? Uh, two things. One, I ended up with six tears in my wrists, which makes practicing chiropractic rather challenging. Um, and I've since had two wrist surgeries and decided after the first, after a retour, after the first one, like a year later, I was like, yeah, I'm good. I'm, I'm ready to move on. And the other was, I completely lost my train of thought here. I'm sorry. Repeat your, do you mind just repeating what you uh, asked me? What you're doing now what I'm doing now. Yeah. So that led me to, you know, completely move out of having an office space and all of that. And I actually transitioned to, you know, 2020 kind of brought a lot of us home, I think, but I'd always wanted to do that. <laughs> so I really just finally dumped, jumped into having an online business and I have a coaching practice now rather than a, you know, chiropractic or some sort of clinic type experience. And it was a lot of courage to do that because it was a lot of like jumping into something I really didn't know and and hadn't groomed myself for for the last decade. <laughs> so, so what was going on inside you? What led you to be like, okay, I got to make some changes here. Something's got to give. Oh yeah, you want that? So, <laughs> I my health was falling apart. Like I was not happy. I developed some thyroid issues. My hair was falling out. I was going hoarse all the time. I put on about fifty pounds, and couldn't get it off, even though I help other women lose weight. And I was just not in a good place personally. And I knew that I had to make a change. Like it, it wasn't, there wasn't some magic pill somewhere that was going to fix it. It was, I literally had to do some things different in my life in order to find joy and fulfillment and feel fully aligned in what I was doing and have it serve me as well as other people, if that makes sense. Yeah. So what has that made possible for you now? I work from home. I have, I homeschool my kid by choice, <laughs> not because 
<laughs> we had to, um, though it started off that way. I, you know, I can take time in my day to, I have an amazing morning routine. I don't look at my email until a certain time. I, you know, can make my meals. Although really, honestly, I'm a one meal a day kind of cook. So <laughs> I either cook lunch or dinner, <laughs> but you know, I have freedom to travel. My husband travels quite a bit for work. So we have freedom to go with him or to take a vacation whenever I want. Um, do I always do that? Not necessarily because I have a hard time stopping working, but you know, it's, there's just a lot more freedom. It, it, I've really recognized that I can design my life to be whatever it wants. For example, on Monday, I actually sprained my ankle last weekend. And so um, from when we're recording this and on Monday, I really didn't have anything I absolutely had to do on my schedule. So I binge watched eight episodes of Outlander. Like, I'm not saying these are, you know, necessarily healthy things to do, but just that freedom and flexibility to choose what I do with my time rather than being at everyone else's back and call. So you coach people how to do weight loss and healing. What is something like a common struggle that people come to you with? So a lot of the women I work with are, have reached a point in their life where they're maybe disenthused or realize that what they've been doing for the last 20 years isn't necessarily lighting them up anymore. Um, and it, I specifically work with women kind of in their 40s and 50s, some in their late 30s as well. A lot of them are dealing with hormone issues like perimenopause or menopause has been horrible or their cycles are horribly off or maybe they're having fertility problems. Um, most of them are having trouble losing weight, just exhausted. Something I hear often is like, I'm too tired to start doing the things that I know I need to do or the things that they've always done aren't working anymore. And so I hope guide them through a process where it's not about the you know we all know what we're supposed to do with all those things right but a lot of it is actually about going within and doing internal work which is a lot of what I had to do um, to get where I am so what what is like a first step that you give them the really basic ones are breathing and water because <laughs> those are two things that if we're if you've been operating at a high level of stress for a long time chances are you forgot how to breathe and most of us look to food first but you know our bodies are mostly water and so we need to be drinking at least half our body weight in ounces of water a day um so we, we start there and if you've got that nailed then there's other things you know i i do a lot of work i'm um heart math certified now so i do a lot of work in just helping you connect your head to your Heart and get out of your head as especially I'm assuming a lot of people who listen to the show are busy type a high achievers <laughs> um driven by by quite a bit and a lot of times we need to just take a step back and stop thinking about everything and go within so, so you said breathing and water I think a lot of people think like well I have that you know or I'm already breathing right now even if because it's so it's something that we don't think about it just comes yeah. natural, but that doesn't mean that we're doing it in the way you're talking about. Can you expand on that? Yeah. Yeah. So a lot of us have trained ourselves to breathe just in our upper area. And so we take short, shallow breaths. And, you know, if you try to actually fully belly breathe, like expand your belly also as women, we're always trying to suck it in. So I think that's part of where this comes from, but, you know, actually let your belly fill up. Like if you've ever watched a little baby breather, a little kid, like they full belly breathe. And so you see their bellies move. And so, you know, you can just put your hand on your belly and as you're breathing, is your belly moving? If it's not, then you're not breathing like you're supposed to. We'll just say that. Not in a way that gives your body oxygen. <laughs> so what's the benefit of that, of breathing that way? 
the main thing is it starts to bring your body into coherence, which is where your brain and your the rest of your body balance out. And so if you're always at the high level of stress, you know, you're always firing the same brain waves. Um, and by, you know, stress doesn't have to be a negative thing either. Like if you're just always on the go, <laughs> always going to the next thing, you have very little connection to what's actually going on with you inside. So breathing starts to just bring awareness to your body and what you actually need in the moment. Um, this was a hard lesson. I've, I'm honestly still learning, but you know, I've been working through the last few years. So, so let's let's talk about stress and how it impacts us, how it impacts our hormones, our bodies, maybe even our w- emotional well-being. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, all the things. A lot of people don't realize, um, and there's different types of stress. So, you know, we have. I specifically focus on toxic stress, which is the stress that we feel like we can't get out of, but ultimately starts to cause things like anxiety, panic attacks, that kind of thing. Um, There's also, you know, good stress, like exercise is actually a form of stress. There's physical stress from sitting all day or, you know, whatever you do all day long. And in that, all of that will impact our body. So the main hormone of stress is called cortisol. And it actually, you know, if we're talking about women's health, it ends up affecting all of our sex hormones because it will steal and take place of what goes on to make all of our sex hormones, which then alone is the the precursor to that. So, you know, a lot of my own journey, I, I didn't share a whole lot of my story. I have several incidences of where like stress has really reared its head in the ugly way. I had a, a very rough first marriage. My first husband was um, an alcoholic. He's still around. He's in Minnesota now, but we live in Alaska. Um, and I had a high, I was also working for a guy at the time um, I was pregnant who ended up in jail for 25 years. So, you know, just like high toxic stress environments. And as a result, my son was born five weeks early because in order to maintain pregnancy, you need high levels of progesterone and estrogen and cortisol steals what makes progesterone. So when your progesterone levels drop, you go into labor. Um, and so that, you know, we see not everyone that has a premature baby, that's why, but like I, I've seen certain incidences of that. Same with, I put on about 50 pounds and it was because I went estrogen dominant. All of that was related to stress. Um, I had a high level of stress after I bought a building and you know did all that and then realized shortly after that that wasn't the dream or what I wanted to be doing. Um, and so stress can have a huge effect on us. Toxic stress also kind of controls and dictates what bacteria you have in your gut. So you can end up with a lot of gut issues from stress as well. Your thyroid gets affected by stress. Literally everything in your body (laughs) is affected by stress. And a lot of us don't, you know, Western medicine doesn't typically bring all that together or look at it in a whole picture like that. It's just like, oh, here, you know, take this pill to treat the symptom. But if we really dig into what's at the root of it, even if you don't feel like you're stressed, um, I think it's a big issue we're facing, especially among women, is we just are so used to functioning at such a high level of go, go, go all the time that we don't even know when we're stressed anymore. And so it's, again, starting to tune into our body and actually go inside before you, you know, you can work out all day long, but chances are you're probably doing it in a way that's stressing your body out more, which is something that I've experienced as well. So So how do we know? How do we start to become more in tune or pay attention to the signs? you know, the big ones are paying attention to things like breathing or, um, you know, for example, when I was going through a lot of my stress after my son was born, I actually developed anxiety and panic. I started, I had panic attacks. I didn't label it at the time. I didn't know what it was at the time, but 
there was a day where I had to pull over to the side of the road because I couldn't breathe <laughs> on my way home. You know, that's that's what that was. Um, a lot of it is being willing to slow down enough to recognize like, hey, this isn't, my body's not happy. It's, you know, I'm, if you're always exhausted, if you go to bed tired and wake up tired and you're having the crash in the middle of the afternoon, if you're, you know, constantly getting sick or injured or just don't feel well, like feeling exhausted, those are all signs that you're probably under stress, whether or not you recognize it that way. So then it becomes learning how to break that cycle because we're always going to have stress, right? It's never going to go away, but it's giving our bodies a chance to de-escalate and most of us are lacking in making time for that. So. Do you have a tip to help us break that cycle? They're the really easy ones. Breathing is the first one, you know. Do things like meditation and yoga help? Absolutely. Like, you know, if you're someone, I'm a former marathon runner. Um, I kind of got back into running this summer, but not really because we've had nonstop fire smoke where, you know, wildfire smoke up here. But, um, you know, sometimes the things that we push ourselves to do or think that are helping us are actually hurting us. So it's the challenge is vary your routine. Try to just spend like one minute focused on just breathing and not think about anything else and just see what happens with your brain and most people find it really challenging to shut it off but we have to start somewhere right it's you can't just jump into hey I'm going to meditate for an hour every day you gotta so how you mentioned having the panic attacks um, and anxiety Mm -hmm. what did you do to overcome that I made massive life changes (laughs) Um, shortly after that, I separated from my first husband for the first time. Um, and you know, I found that I've never been big on medication. Um, you know, I, I did some counseling and that stuff as well, but I, at the time, I don't think I really was willing to, if someone had given me a diagnosis, I probably would have been like, no, that's not me. Um, and ignored it. So, but I, I knew that the my path to being healthy again was in major change. And I just needed to find the courage for that rather than, you know, trying to cover it up or mask it. Is that going to answer your question? Yeah. 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 So do you ever see a connection between like the stress and the anxiety? And I know that you were a chiropractor and like people coming Mm -hmm. in um, thinking it's like a physical ailment, but maybe it's actually related to stress, anxiety, or other things going on in their life. Yeah, in the chiropractic world, which I'll put on my chiropractor hat for a second, you know, we, we also talk about stress on the body. Chiropractic is, you know, kind of touted as neck and back pain these days, but it's very much geared at just making sure your nervous system is firing correctly. And when you're under a lot of stress, you get hyper-regulated. So your system's over-firing. So you might feel pain more, or you might, a lot of our physical symptoms are actually a result of stress on the body and less to do with you know, that something actually happened in a certain spot. So a lot of times I think we do things in our life and we don't see the through line or we don't see how they connect. Um, is, uh, but there's usually a theme I've found anyway, um, yes. yeah. through the chiropractor to um, what you're doing now. And what is that theme for you? been thinking about this a lot lately (laughs) you know my big driving thing is I've always I've always been the person that people um 
open up to and maybe look at the the things they haven't really wanted to talk about you know for example a lot of the women I, I work with end up being like hey I have trauma from 40 years ago I've never talked to anybody about it and I'm ready now and I'm like cool because we're just you know creating that space but you know for me it's more about providing a, a place for people to actually heal and not you know do something I, I call it breaking and breaking conventional you know we tend to be so caught up in the world of just go 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 give me the pill and I'll keep going and I'm about interrupting that pattern um, and so there's lots of ways we can do that as I've learned it wasn't just chiropractic for me and you know that's a modality that works well but there's other other avenues and I, I find that it's true for you know other people if there's a theme to all the things especially because no one really seems to stay in the same career for 30 years anymore you know any of that it's I really believe that we have a journey and each piece of it is leading us in the direction of you know being more in tune with and fully expressing who we actually are in the world and to me that's being badass mm -hmm. for sure yes so I know you talk about um like healing and health transformation what are steps we can take to have a health transformation the first thing is it's helpful to actually talk to somebody else who can break an objective view to, you know, the whole thing. But because honestly, it's everything that's happened in your life that's gotten you to this point is wherever your health is at, right? And, you know, from there, it's taking the steps to like a, a lot of the women I work with, I've, I've moved away from, can I tell you how to eat? Yes. Can I, you know, give you an exercise plan. Yes. Like not like I'm, you know, a personal trainer or a nutritionist or anything, but I I've had a lot of training in that. However, I really believe that and have found, you know, it's not so much about that. First, we have to change. I kind of talk a lot about be, do, have, you know, a lot of us say, we think we have to do something in order to have something. And then we get to be a certain way. And really we have it backwards. What will actually bring something to fruition is we have to change who we're being in the world. And so that's more where I focus is, you know, and some people don't even know what that looks like. Like if you're tired all the time, how do you be not tired anymore? But you really have to connect to who is that person that has the energy, that has the health, that has, you know, whatever your goal is, whatever you're looking for, who is that? And then you more naturally start to follow the actions and take the steps that are going to get you there rather than, you know, beating yourself into submission so that you can one day be who you want to be. Is that? Yeah, I what comes to mind for me okay. is how do we stop doing? Because I think doing is yeah. what we've been taught for most of our lives. So how do you yep. transition from doing to being? You have to be willing to stop and ideally do it before something happens. Like I've consistently had things in my life, for example, spraining my ankle. So I've I'm today's the first day I'm standing at my desk. But you know, I've consistently had things happen where my body was like, hey, you have to stop. Um, the first one was right after I decided to get divorced, I came down from such a high level of stress that it was suddenly like, oh, hey, this doesn't work and your wrist is torn and you really shouldn't be practicing and you can't run and like all the things that you normally do to relieve stress, I'll, literally all I can do is just sit and kind of think through and, and be with myself. Um, and so I don't want that for people. That's why I get out and talk because, you know, and, and I, we're going to hear, hear the message when we're ready to hear the message, but, you know, recognizing carve out time for yourself to just be, whether it's a staycation weekend or, 
you know, there's something called a sleepcation where you literally stay in bed with no technology for like 24 hours and just let your body sleep if it needs to. And, but you don't have phones and you don't, you can read a book, but you can't, you know, be doing all the things that keep you awake until we're willing to interrupt that pattern. You know, we're on a trajectory to crash and burn. I call it falling off the self. I, I talk about selfless syndrome, which is where we just, you know, focus on everyone and everything else. We're the last things that's of importance on our list. And I have some theories on why that is, but, you know, eventually if we're running on that treadmill, someone or something is going to hit that emergency stop button, whether it's a big health crisis or a relationship falls apart or some a career change, like whatever it is that will force you to stop and take stock and do something different. So is it paying more attention, just like listening, how can we start to get more in touch or how can we understand if we're part, we're, if we're involved in that, did you say selflessness syndrome? Selfless syndrome. Oh. Yeah. Um, I would, you know, paying more attention. Yes. Tuning in, like a, a good thing to do would be, I've had some of my clients doing this recently as a time study where every 15 minutes, you just write down what you've been doing. And if time for yourself doesn't show up anywhere on there, that's probably a sign that you're headed in <laughs> not a good direction. You know, um, if you're constantly like not, you know, feeling like you're failing because you're not making it to the things that you committed to doing for yourself, like exercise or how you eat or going to bed at a certain time or, you know, date night with your husband or something related to work. Like if you're consistently not doing those things, then you can be that's a, that's a good sign that it's time to to go in and really evaluate, you know, what are your priorities and your values truly and what really matters to you? And are you showing up and doing your life that way? Or are you doing it by what you think you should be doing? Stopping shitting ourselves is a, a big one. Right. So, yeah. What would you say to the woman who's like, I have no time? I am one as well. And every woman that I work with is one as well. And what we don't realize is that when we actually stop long enough to make time for ourselves and, and do the things we need to do to refill our cup, we show up better for them. We are a better mom. We have more available to give them because we're not stretched so thin. Um, so some other signs are, you know, if you're always snapping at your kids or you're like constantly in high stress and always eating in your car, those are times to even if it's 10 minutes it doesn't have to take long you know 10 minutes to yourself even if you have to hide in the bathroom <laughs> I've done that for years I was a single mom for for four years you know with a, a busy business and all that and I showed up better for him and for everyone else in my life when I actually made time to even if it was just 10 to 15 minutes to do what I needed to do or to just breathe I mean you can just breathe in your car on at each transition, like, especially if you're now that we're back to life, it's like, you know, you've got 800 million kids activities and three kids in four different places, you know, every single night of the week, <laughs> like, hey, evaluate if that's something you really want to be doing with your life. <laughs> but, you know, if you're stuck in it, it's just start breathing, take five deep breaths before you get out of the car to go to your next place. So, so do you talk about any alternative methods of healing? Um, whether it's, you know, I don't know, some type, of, some type of meditation, some type of therapy, some type of oils, anything like that? Yeah, all of the above. <laughs> so, you know, I've kind of pulled in a lot of different pieces. Um, 
I've learned a lot from Joe Dispenza. I don't know if you're familiar with, with his work yes. at all, but you know, if you don't have time yet, if you haven't figured out the having time thing, <laughs> he's not where to start because his, his meditations tend to be pretty involved, but you know, he talks a lot about changing our brain and rewiring our brain. And I will say, you know, on my own path and what I've seen with my clients until we really break into some of that, it's really easy to get stuck in the same patterns. Like I started a new business and still had the same habits that followed me from the, the first one. And so, you know, it's being aware enough to recognize that stuff. Um, some of the other things I use, I, I, I just got certified in heart math with a trauma focus because I find so many women in particular are dealing, especially after 2020, you know, we all have some level of trauma that we've gone through and that comes out when we're starting to heal. There's an emotional side to healing as well. Um, a lot of my, my learning has been based in quantum physics. So it's getting in beyond just the physical body and more into, you know, where we emotionally are at. Um, do I use essential oils? Absolutely. I love them. So, you know, things like wild orange actually, uh, has been shown to decrease cortisol levels. So if you are operating at high levels of stress and looking for alternatives to that, that's a really helpful one. I'll just throw that one out there. There's there's a few others. Um, I'm particular to doTERRA. So they have a blend called Adaptive. That's also pretty awesome. And um, I also go so far as, you know, in terms of gut healing, I do a lot with parasites and kind of deeper stuff that then opens the door to emotional healing we'll just say that and I've had quite a few clients come through that process and be like okay let's deal with this now um you know and it's it, we're like onions so there's there's layers you know yeah. and you can you can use all those things and you also have to do the work that's that's my bigger message like so I'll be honest I don't know much about essential oils I don't really okay <laughs> much about what they do what the benefit is um or why somebody would use them. Could you talk about that a little? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So what essential oils are there? The essence of plants. Um, and there's there's different companies that do different things. I, I need to stay compliant in talking about it, but you know, I, I'm particular, doTERRA in particular, they just recently actually got a pharmaceutical grade rating because their oils are reproducible in terms of the health benefits that they have therapeutically. Um, so they're therapeutic, you use them either aromatically, so you're smelling them, or you can put them on topically, or if it's a really clean oil, and again, like I'm really only speaking about doTERRA in this because they've tested their oils to be safe to do this, but you can take them internally. And the way they work, oils, essential oils can actually cross the cell uh, membrane. So they get into your cell and they actually help the cells function normally. And then there's another layer to oils that I've recently learned that's more in the quantum physics world, but they interact with our body energy systems in a certain way. So they can help with emotional things in a big way as well. Um, so that's like a really cursory introduction. <laughs> yeah, thank you. <laughs> into what they are. Yeah. Um, and the ones you, you know, find at Walmart generally, it's kind of like organic food, you know, they, they can be adulterated with a lot of stuff. And if you tried oils and haven't tried that truly pure oil probably there's not much therapeutic benefit there but okay. you can listen yeah so have you ever struggled with with mom guilt and how have you dealt with yeah. that <laughs> hugely so um so I started my business my first one when my son was six weeks old and you know very quickly it turned into single momming it I had a nanny on staff but other people raised him for the first five years of his life, basically. 
um, because I didn't have time. And, you know, I certainly had moments where like, all I wanted to do was just stay home and snuggle with him, especially if he wasn't feeling well. And and sometimes I made that choice and more times I didn't. Um, And ultimately, you know, he's, my son's nine now. So looking back on it and and we're now in this position where I'm, you know, homeschooling him and doing all these things and able to be there in a, a different way. But I've recognized he still had an incredible childhood because he was at work with mom and, and, you know, he's very entrepreneurial, which is kind of cool to see, but, you know, he had a unique experience in that because I know not many moms are able to do that. And I've kind of come to grips I, in the moment, necess- I wasn't necessarily here, but, you know, I've recognized that he's had even more than I could have just provided on my own in terms of input from just, you know, the community and the people and he's very social so you know just that that kind of upbringing has been okay so I've been able to let go of a lot of the guilt and now the thing that I found is is the most helpful is if I can just be 100% present like when I'm with him I'm with him does that mean I have to be on with him all day no <laughs> like I'm working from home and we do school but I you know I'm, I'm really good about having the time where I am just with him whether we are going on an adventure or whatever. And I'm not checking emails and I'm not taking calls and I'm not, you know, worried about 600,000 other things. And so that has taken some practice, but when you can reach that place where you're just present, the amount of time doesn't matter so much as the quality of the time that you have together. So So hopefully that helps. Yeah. Yeah. So just being present and maybe not looking at, like you said, your phone, your emails, your other stuff, like just a hundred percent going all in on that moment of time you have with your child, right? Yeah. Yeah. And it's, uh, I teach this concept. It's from the book, The Big Leap, which I talk about all the time on my show but, um, by Gay Hendricks. I don't, I don't know if you've read it. It's like, that's that's one book that has changed my life. And like, every time I read it, I get something else out of it. But he talks about um, Einstein time. And so Einstein t- said that, you know, time is relative. It's not finite. We all look at it as a Newtonian concept where there's a start and an end and none of us ever have enough of it. And so the switch, the little little piece of that is, you know, in, in Einstein time, we're in creation of what we do with our time at any given moment. And so when I really finally got that, it was like, oh, if I just choose and create in this moment, like, hey, I'm going to not worry about work and focus on my kid or, hey, like, this is work time and I'm going to communicate that boundary with him. I'm much more productive, much more at ease, way less stress, not, you know, like, no, but I need to be doing this. He wants me to play a game and like, you know, all the the ways that we get twisted up. Like if we can just stop all that and just be present, (laughs) it would be great. Um, And it is, you know, on the days that it's a, it's a work in progress, but on the days where I really nail it, it's like, that was easy and he's happy and I'm happy. And I got everything done that I wanted to get done. So yeah, I think it's so easy just to like beat ourselves up or, you know, like should have done this, you know, it would have been so much yeah. better or, you know, but um, I like that idea that you're talking about, like just being fully present and committed to the moment. Yeah. And, you know, it takes like, I have structure to my day, but it can take out some of the rigidity and just be like, you know, if you really need something from me, then I can choose that. Yeah. And that's okay. <laughs> you know, <laughs> so. Right. right. And like with, when you take out some of the rigidity, that's where like inspiration comes or creativity, mm-hmm. like new things is when you allow something different. Yeah, absolutely. So Dr. Alex, let's end with a tip to encourage women who are in the arena fighting for the life that they want. 
Oh, so good. My big tip, don't give up. Like you, you know, in your heart, what your dream really is, what kind of life you really want to create. And a lot of us are afraid of it, but the more you're willing to listen to your gut and your intuition there, the more you will step into that future. Um, and how can we connect with you? Yeah, so I there's a couple ways. I also have a podcast um, called Emerge, the health podcast for busy, high-performing women. So, you know, if you fit into that category, that's a, a good place to connect. And then I'm on all the social things at Emergent Women Coaching, um, and I can give you links for all that. But, okay, awesome. Yeah, I'll throw the links in the show note. Thank you so much, Dr. Alex. You've been a total badass, and I've enjoyed hearing your story. Thanks for having me. And with that, we'll end our show. To all the badass women out there staying in the arena, wherever you are, whatever you're doing, own it and get after it. Okay, wasn't that episode with Dr. Alex great? Quick recap. If you're experiencing health issues or you need to bring awareness to what you need in the moment, then drink water. Drink at least half your body weight in water a day. Also, full belly breathe. Breathe so that your belly expands, kind of like a baby does. As women, we're so worried about sucking our stomach in and not having it expand. But take a moment by yourself, whether you're in the bathroom, you go sit in your car, shut your door in your office, and just take big, deep breaths and let your belly expand. Number two, tune into your body and go inside to combat stress. We are so used to functioning at a high level that we don't recognize the effects of stress or we don't even recognize that we are in stress. Number three, be, do, have. Carve out time in your life to just be. Do the things that you want to do and then you'll have the life that you want. Number four, women have selfless syndrome. They do everything for everyone else. Consider writing down your time in 15 15 minute increments. So every day, write down your time, 15 minute increments. And if doing something for yourself doesn't show up in there, that's probably a sign that you're not headed in a good direction. So make make sure to take time for self-care. Number six, if you're snapping at your kids, you're constantly high stress situations, or you're eating in your car because you don't have enough time, then make sure to take time for yourself. Those are signs that you're running short on time. So make sure to carve out, out, words are hard. Make sure to carve out 10 minute increments so you can take some time for yourself. Make sure tune in on Thursday to hear why Dr. Alex is so badass. As a quick reminder, if you haven't signed up for the Financial Freedom Summit, do so now, ordinarytobadass.com slash freedom. You're going to hear from nine different experts and it's going to be so badass. There are so many amazing experts talking. I don't want you to miss that. Ordinarytobadass.com slash freedom. Talk to you Thursday. Now that you've listened to this episode of Ordinary to Badass, we want to hear from you. Go to our website, ordinarytobadass.com slash podcast and submit your own experience on how you took your life from ordinary to badass and get the chance to be on a future spotlight episode of the show. That's ordinarytobadass.com forward slash podcast. While you're waiting for the next episode of the show, wipe off the sweat, dust off the dirt, and get back in the arena.